right, guys, welcome back to Shades of Strong, where we talk about all the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong black woman. I'm Cheryl. She's Natty. Hi. <laughs> and as always, we are super stoked that you are taking time out of your day to listen to us talk about all the things, because that's what we do. Natty, what's up, girl? How are you? I'm doing good. I can't complain. I'm very happy about that. It's been a pretty easy day for me as well. Yeah, it's been kind of just given the way the year has gone. It's, you know, so far August has felt, it's felt like a little bit of a, of a lull. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. Like, it's been that's all right. actually really good. Yeah. Getting a lot of rest. <laughs> yeah. Girl, let me tell y'all. I've been sleeping like for real. You and me both. For real. I've been sleeping like sleep has become my best friend and I ain't mad about it. I'm really not. I'm not oh, me neither. Cause I used to be really bad with insomnia and this year it's just kind of been like insomnia. Yeah. I don't know her. Who is she? <laughs> Who is she? I don't know her. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. At like 9.30 girl. And I'm telling girl. you, my head is the pillow. I'm down for the count. Yes. For real. Yes. And I have been loving it. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely been loving it. And I even, I've even been wanting to take a nap during the day. I don't yep. always take one, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been enjoying it, so I don't Me know too. what insomnia is. Bye, girl. Finally, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, All right, guys, we are going to get into today's topic. But before we do that, make sure that you are following us on your favorite social media platform. We are Shades of Strong everywhere. Check out our website if you want to leave us a message, anything like that, shadesofstrong.com. You can shoot us an email, leave us a voice message. The email is hi at shadesofstrong.com. Natty, before we before we go into, into the topic, why don't you share with our listeners about your new workshop that's coming up? So in case we got oh. somebody who may want to join, they can oh, um, right, right, hop right. in there. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I have a three-part teaching series. It starts on August 22nd. So there will be three classes. The first one is on August 22nd. The second one is on September 5th, and the third one is on September 19th. The series is called Healing Processes, Creative Practices, and it's a series that's going over the different practices that I employ personally. The first class on August 22nd will cover conventional journaling. The second class on September 5th will cover self-portraits, and then the third class on September 19th will cover art journaling. And so in each one of those classes during the second hour, they're two hours apiece, we will be engaging in the practice of the topic that that particular class is, is covering. And so it's going to be on, online, live. And when you register, you will, you know, if you register and something happens and you can't make it live, you will get the recording of the class And you can take one class or you can take two of them or you can take all three. And if you decide to take all three and you want to register for all three at once, there is a special bundled rate that you can, that you can pay. So yeah, August 22nd, that will be the first class. Awesome. It sounds amazing. I have so been wanting to get into the the self-portraits because I love the work that you do with yours and the art journaling. So I'm super excited yeah. about the class. Is the are these specifically for emotional healing? What what is it centered around? 
Well, it is going to be centered around emotional healing just because the practices that I, that I employ, like my self-portrait practice and my art journaling practice and just my journaling, those things are directly related to a lot of healing work that I've done over the years. None of them started out that way. Um, but the bulk of the work that I've done the past five years has actually been connected to a lot of healing that I needed to do. So in the first hour of each class, I'll be talking about how my own healing journey led me to the kind of work that I've been doing with each component. And maybe that is something that will resonate with you, the listener, if you're wanting to participate or if you're just curious and you've been maybe wondering about how to start doing your own healing work. Like we talk about it a lot and we're always saying, do the work, do the work, do the work. We do, don't we? And we, and there, there's, there's like a laundry list of ways to do the work. And these are Mm -hmm. just three different ways. These are three different ways that I do it. And so I'll be sharing about how I, how I do it. Why, why is my self-portrait practice related to healing and how come I take so many Mm self-portraits and isn't, is that kind of vain or conceited or what, you know, I'll be answering all kinds of questions like that. And I'll be doing the same in the conventional journaling class and in the art journaling class. And in the first class, the conventional journaling class, I'll have some prompts available that you can, you know, you can tuck, you'll be able to tuck away and pull them out you know, whenever you want and, and think about them and write about them. You won't have time to write, you know, about every single prompt in, in the class, but you'll have a small little um, group of, of pretty meaty questions and that can get you on your way. And yeah, in the self-portrait class, you're going to be able to practice taking your own self-portraits. I'll give you some, some pointers and things or just kind of guide you along the, the 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 mechanics of it, kind of the way that I do it. And then in the art journaling class, it'll be the same thing. You'll get to make an art journal spread of your own, and I'll be doing it right alongside you. That sounds so amazing. So like Nettie said, we're always saying, do the work, do the work, do the work. Y'all know we've seen that in just about every episode. So Mm -hmm. if you've been wondering how to start doing the work, I think this would be great just to jumpstart the healing process. So we'll have the link to, I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Natty? Oh, no, I was just agreeing. This, this is just an option. (laughs) Yeah, just, just an option. And healing looks different for everybody. And that's why Natty's saying this is just, just an option. These are some things that she's done through her healing process, but hey. It sounds extremely interesting. So yeah, if you want to check it out, we'll have the link to to register in the show notes of this episode. So, and it starts on August 22nd. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for sharing that, Natty. We are going to get into today's topic. Today, we're going to be talking all about colorism. You know how people say, you pretty for a dark skinned girl? Mm -hmm. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. We are going there today. Now, I personally don't think I anybody's ever said that to me. I don't even think I've dealt, have ever felt any type of way about the color of my skin. And I'm a dark skinned girl, in my opinion. I'm not as dark as I've seen some people, but for the most part, I, I'm a dark skinned girl. 
but I don't think I've ever, or at least they haven't said it to me. When I think about colorism, I immediately go back to Spike Lee's movie, School Days. Yep, School Days. <laughs> yes, that was a good I movie, love that wasn't movie. it? <laughs> that yeah. was a good movie. It still is. It's, it's timeless, I think. So, yes. yeah, that's where my, my my mind immediately goes when I begin to think about colorism. So, Natty, I think you want, you may be a shade lighter than I am, just, you know, for me seeing you on video chat. I've never seen you in person, so I can't really say. Yeah, because um, I've never thought that. <laughs> I think you may be, you know, a tad bit lighter than I am. Have you experienced any acts of colorism in your life? And how, if you have, how has it made you feel? Well, to start, yes, I definitely have. And as far as how it's made me feel, it's made me feel pretty awful. (laughs) It's been not great. Luckily, uh, not really luckily, because I mean, the fact is it's happened, so it's not good at all. But I will say that the last time there was ever a comment directed toward me about, you know, kind of like, oh, well, to be be a black girl, you you really you sure are you sure are pretty. That happened when I was young. There is at least that. Um, like you, if someone in my adult life has thought that, I didn't know about it. <laughs> so that's great. Now my siblings have jokingly, because I am the darkest of all of us, they have jokingly said, you know, you're black and ugly. I'm, at least I'm hoping it was a joke. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's younger children. You know, they, mm-hmm. they've they like, we may have been in the middle of a, you know, a dispute or, you know, a little, like siblings do at younger ages. Yeah. And, they, and they've called me, you're black and you're ugly and you're skinny because I was always the darkest. I was always the skinniest. And so they were all, those are the things that they would taunt me with. You're black, you're ugly, you're skinny. But I never took it personally. I don't think it I don't think it ever affected me as far as my siblings go. But I think as I began to grow older, I began to wonder if I was pretty because mm-hmm. they did call me black and ugly. So I think subconsciously, maybe it did affect me a little it bit. But not you. so not not so much to the point where it was self hatred, I don't think. Mm-hmm. As I was thinking about this topic and doing a little research online, I came across this post on Facebook where this lady was saying, and I wasn't doing my research on Facebook. I just be on Facebook all the time for the record. (laughs) (laughs) My research was somewhere else. (laughs) But I saw this post where this lady was saying that she's a dark skinned lady and is absolutely gorgeous. But um, she was saying that she struggled with that, with colorism in her life. And she struggled with her dark, dark skin. And she was saying that it has been her experience or she's heard people say that dark skinned women are usually characterized. And you can tell me whether or not you you think this is true, Natty. Dark skinned women are usually characterized as loud, unattractive, mean, ugly, hypersexual, masculine, rude, bad hair, whereas, mm-hmm. whereas light skinned women are usually characterized as soft, pure, innocent, submissive, friendly, prettier, and good hair. Yeah, it it definitely is. Um, because I, when I was younger, yeah, my mom was, was light-skinned and my dad was dark. And I'm somewhere in between the two of them. Uh, but definitely not light. I've never... 
I've never been light skinned. I've never been I've never been considered light skinned because I'm just clearly not. But like my dad was darker than me. And my mom had what was considered quote unquote good hair. And it's not, you know, when I was a little kid, it was like, oh, it's air quotes good hair if it's like wavy mm-hmm. and curly, kind of similar to some the kind of hair that a lot of not all, but a lot of mixed race kids might have or going in that direction. And her hair was not exactly like that, but enough like that, that that's what it was considered. And my hair is more similar to her hair. So I remember in, in junior high, you know, being told, Oh, that my hair was really pretty. And so that, you know, and I, you know, I'm a 12, 13 year old girl. So of course that made me feel good, especially considering that I definitely, even at that young age had some internal like issues with how dark I was for reasons, all stemming mostly from family dynamics. So yeah, those things, I definitely, I definitely think they're true and you can see it. You can see it in, in media, black women in general, like we were saying last week, when we were talking about the, the sexual sexualization of black women, black women are, supposed to be I think sexy and hypersexual I I think they're supposed to be that way for men but they are also supposed to be quiet so if you have like going back to what we were talking about last week we were talking about Megan well Megan and Cardi released this new song and it just it had everybody in their feelings right yeah because these are women who are clearly sexy Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're clearly sexy and they're not also not quiet and they are, they're being very vocal about their own agency and what they like. And that's not something we're supposed to be allowed to do. And yeah, and, and Cardi is definitely, you know, light skinned. So I don't know if she's got these same issues, but I have seen these kinds of, of attacks against Megan. I've seen her compared to being compared to men saying that she's like a man, I've seen people make very misogynist uh, remarks towards her. So her skin is darker, Megan's is. And her skin is, and Megan's skin is darker. I've seen comments made toward her that if they were made towards a, a trans woman, a transgender woman, they would be considered transphobia. Now, I don't know if the the comments toward her are technically transphobic comments because she's a cisgender woman, but it's definitely misogynist because they're basically, they're, they're calling her a man. I, I've seen it. And it's been lately. I don't know if it was always this way. I know that, you know, she's been out for a few years now and I don't recall seeing these kind of comments about her a couple of years ago. Maybe as she becomes louder. As she becomes louder, I yeah. guess, and becomes more popular and more visible. Yeah. Because before it was just what little bit I was seeing was that, oh, Megan's gorgeous and Megan's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. amazing. She's beautiful because she is. <laughs> like she Because she is. And so people were just stating the obvious. But now it's like there are some very insidious attacks on, toward mm-hmm. her. And I've noticed that with a lot of you know, darker skinned women. They, they get the brunt of that kind of stuff a lot. And I'm not saying that light skinned women don't because I think black women in general do. But... I will say that my experience, my personal lived experience has been if 
I'm just thinking about like when I was in school, the light-skinned black girls were the ones that were considered air quotes pretty. Mm-hmm. The darker-skinned black girls were not, and and some of the darker-skinned black girls, if they were more popular, it, it was because they were. Some of them might have had you know what people thought was a reputation. I don't even know if a lot of them even did. It might have just been stuff that people, you know, other kids were saying about them. Like we were saying, you know, they just start getting called fast and they're not even doing anything, you know. Um, but yeah, it's stuff like that. You, you notice and you know it's real because if it weren't real, Spike Lee wouldn't have had to make a movie like School Days. Yes. Yes. And can we just give School School Days their props because. Oh, it's such a good movie. It was, it was, it's a, it's a great movie, but it, and it also told a great story because mm-hmm. colorism has, I mean. From the days of old has always existed and people mm-hmm. are afraid to talk about it and right. so for spike lee to have the courage to produce such such a such a movie i, I mean that was courageous i thought i mean yeah, it, was. It, it was extremely courageous because i would venture to say that colorism dates back to the days of slavery when, Ooh, yeah. when I mean, like honestly, when it life, does, it, it does, you know. And I know we probably say this every episode, but it's like, like you said last week, Natty, a lot of the issues that we talk about on this podcast dates back to slavery. And I mean, that just is what it is. We, we can't apologize for that because it is what it is. But when you think about the lighter skinned people who were house slaves, the dark, mm-hmm. they were house slaves while the dark skinned people were working for fields. Mm-hmm. And the slave owners, our massa, was more likely to sleep with the lighter skinned ladies than he were mm-hmm. than he was the darker skinned ladies. And if he was going to sleep with the dark skinned ladies, even though it was kept on the down low with him sleeping on on the with the light, lighter skinned women, it was kept on the down 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 low if he was sleeping with a dark skinned woman. And so, I, I would venture to say that these chains have been placed on our psyche, and it's it's. Like it's deep within the fabric of our brains. Yeah. And I, and I will just say, you know, I, there's still a lot of, you know, we don't know what we know and there's still a lot that I don't know. And I'm, I'm learning as I go because Mm -hmm. I feel like we're having to catch up on things that we just, just never knew. Um, But I would say this, I, I'm at a place right now, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm not a historian, so I can't, I'm not saying this with any authority, but I really feel like, there weren't any slave owners that were sleeping with their house slaves or their field slaves. They were raping all of them. And like, yes, I could absolutely, be wrong, absolutely, but yeah, absolutely. they were out there yeah. just straight raping these women. And, but I think you're right. I think they would not want to, might not have wanted to be, wanted it to be known right. that they were doing it to the field Exactly. Slaves as much, just as maybe as often as they were doing it to the so house slaves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and, you know, and again, I'm not a historian. There's still a lot that I, a lot of reading that I have to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet that probably was a thing where, oh, well, they're not going to know about these over here, but these over here in the house, it's just kind of a given right. that that's what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> because that's how I'm getting all these extra kids to sell. Yeah. yeah. If, if I feel like if the spouses found out about it, it was more. And again, we're not historians, but I feel like if mm-hmm. the spouses had found out about it, then it would it, it was probably more acceptable if she were a light skinned girl versus 
are dark-skinned girls. So yeah, the, that that colorism dates way back to slavery. And even if you look in the dictionary, the word black itself is mm-hmm. always associated with not being good. There was another one that I read today that said the absence of light, often mm-hmm. offensive, mm-hmm. characterized by hostility or anger. So if you're if you're if you're a dark-skinned girl and you go and, and naturally you're black and you go to the dictionary and you look up this word then yeah it's jarring it's absolutely because here you are saying characterized by the absence of light what is that (laughs) characterized by hostility or anger so it makes it seems like being of a darker complexion is a bad thing and mm-hmm. so then we go, we grow up believing that. And I mean, yeah, we definitely internalize it. We absolutely do. And I, and you know, and our parents do the best they can, did the best they can in raising us, but it's learned behavior and we just right. continue to pass it down from generation to generation. And the reality is that although people don't want to admit it, colorism still exists. Oh, it definitely does. Look at the, that's the word I'm looking for. The movies and things that that we watch. Yeah. Yeah. Until recently, you did not see a lot of dark skinned ladies playing leading roles. Now, right. now you see Viola Davis. I mean, and she is just drop dead gorgeous. She's phenomenal, and she's and gorgeous. She she's gorgeous, yeah. and so you you see a lot of her. And then think about the men in in Hollywood. How many? Dark skinned ladies, do you see on their arms? Let's just no, see. you don't see you don't see a lot of that. You don't. It's 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 pretty bad. I mean, I, I, the minute you said that, I was you brought brought that brought that up. I I, I immediately thought about the the uh, movie that I did not watch because I just was like, yeah, I'm not watching it. Um, but it was a a biopic, I think, on Nina Simone, and they had Zoe Saldana playing Nina Simone, and yeah. I was like, how in the entire f did you figure? <laughs> that yeah, she recently she actually recently spoke on that and she was saying that she regrets playing that role but when it was initially offered to her she was bold in it because she was like I am black you know and so she you know she was bold with accepting the role but now as years have passed she regrets playing it because she said yeah. she she did, did she did not do it justice she said she no not definitely not like, like she when was you like, tried to Mm-mm, mm-mm. She, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. she admitted that she did admit it. I actually read an article somewhere on that last week, and she admitted that she regrets playing that role because like, she said that she, you gotta you gotta put on prosthetics and you've got to darken your skin to fit the role of the. That means you shouldn't be playing this role. Like how you know? I'm not trying to like you know originally she didn't when she first took the role she said she did not back down from it people were saying that she should not take the role that she mm-hmm. should play her you know mm-hmm. people were saying mm-hmm. that but just last week i read an article where she said she really does regret taking that role because a, a true black woman should have should have played that role so kudos to her you know for yes yes definitely for, for, admitting, for you know admitting that, that definitely yeah so kudos to her for doing that. I don't even know um, where I was before we went there. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we were talking about how you don't see a lot of dark oh, skinned yeah, women in leading roles. And I brought that up because 
that's a leading role about a exactly. historical figure about who a was dark skinned woman. Yes. And they couldn't even get a dark skinned woman to play her. To play her. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is crazy. But it's crazy. It's crazy, but that's the world that we live in. And even with the dark skinned ladies that do play roles, leading roles, the few that do play leading roles, you're not going to see them winning. Emmys and awards and things of that such for mm-hmm. playing those roles because Hollywood and mainstream media are not going to shine a light on our darkness. They're not going to do that. You ju- you're just not going to see it. So yeah, colorism exists all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's different. And we talked a little about this um, last week too. I think it's different for for men than it is for women because. Men can be dark and they and they oh, don't yeah. get I don't and this is just from my observation, but I don't think they get the same treatment that women get when it comes to light skin versus dark skin. And I could be wrong, but I mean I just don't feel like they do. What do you think? Now? Just from just from observation, and I'm not saying there aren't issues because I'm sure there are, because I mean obviously, but I don't, I'm with you, I don't think it's exactly the same. You know, we're, we're talking about Viola Davis, who is an accomplished actress. I mean, and yeah, she's and I think she did win an Oscar for a supporting role or something, didn't she? For Fences, I think. Yeah. But she's not getting, she's not getting a lot of these, I guess I would, you would call them blockbuster roles, whereas Idris Elba's fine behind I mean, let's just be real. Like, he's be he's real. gorgeous. They just won't hit chocolate he's all over the screen. Yeah. He's all over the screen. I mean, and he's done like really critically acclaimed stuff, but he's also been in like these blockbusters. Like he's part of the Marvel universe, and and I so yeah, I don't know if it's this. I don't know if it's the same. I don't think because Viola same. Davis is not getting those kinds of roles. I'm not saying she wants them or whatever, but. You know, you're talking about opportunities and just visibility and things and people, yeah, respect her and all that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm like, is are they knocking down her door and saying, Hey, we've got this new role, we want you to play it? Whereas, you know, these actors, they might have an easier time. And I think maybe that's just that could just be because it's a little bit easier for men. A lot of the a lot of the the movies are, are centered around men, so that might be why. But I don't know for sure if it's a one-to-one equal trade-off with a darker skin, a dark-skinned man actor and a dark-skinned woman actor. I still think there's a difference. I think it's like with everything in, in life, you know, like Jane, like the late great James Brown said, this is a man's world. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. it's like with everything else, men can get away with things that women will get called into into question for. If we mm-hmm. gain weight, if our hair grays, they want us to color it. But mm-hmm. a black but a, a man with gray hair is distinguished. It's distinguished, uh-huh. yeah. Our bald heads, they naturally assume if, if a woman goes bald or shaves her head, that she must have some type of illness illness or something like that. So I think think men can get away with things that that women cannot get get away with. And that includes the darkness of their skin. I'm just going to put that out. Oh, yeah. I I, I think that's, I mean, if we're going to 
sit and think about the things that we've observed. I think you're right. But yeah, so like I was saying, I think colorism does date date back. Uh, I feel very confident in saying that. Oh, it definitely. To the, to the days of slavery. And I think... I mean, they had a whole paper bag test for crying out loud. I was just about to say that, the whole paper bag test. And I think that the slave masters used that as a way of keeping us divided and as a way of pitting us against each other. Uh-huh. That's where the whole pitting us against each other was birthed because they made one group of people feel like they were better than others. And black people are always pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. a whole other other episode. I, I had a whole lot in my head that just spun around right then, but that's another episode. <laughs> but yeah, and so, yeah, I think that's where all of that came from. And like you said, that's where the, um, the whole, the, the, um, the paper bag thing come from. Like if you were darker than the brown paper bag, then you were not allowed into certain communities or into or you weren't given certain opportunities. And I may be wrong about this, but I do recall reading somewhere that sororities at HBCUs use the, the paper bag test. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't doubt it because it yeah. used to, you know, I'm thinking about just like when I was in high school. And I, I did not go to an HBCU. I went to a PWI. Uh, but I remember before I went to college, you know, I'm in Atlanta. So there was, there's Spelman, there's Morehouse, there's Clark Atlanta, there's uh, Morris Brown, which is where my mom graduated. There are all of these, these black, these HBCUs. And when I, this was back in the 90s. So when I was in high school and I remember there, you know, they'd have their homecoming festivities and the different step shows. There were sororities, and in certain sororities, everybody looked a certain way, and then the other sorority, everybody looked a certain way. So it might not be that way anymore. If it's not, that's great. But back then, there was still definitely this notion that you weren't getting into X sorority if you weren't light skinned. You had to go be in. The other sorority, or the other sorority, or the other sorority. Just from um, observation, I I, I feel it's like just from observation. Yeah, I feel like yeah. there's some truth in that. Mm-hmm. I really do. And, and again, oh. go going, but if it weren't true, why would he make the movie that he did? Because that, I that feel like that was, a, was kind of touching that was about on a that. sorority. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's the both. wannabes and the jigaboos. And what did they want to be? Did they want to be white? Is that why they were called wannabes? Right. And that word jigaboo, oh honey, every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, Lord. okay, okay jigaboo, that's what y'all calling us now? Wow, just wow, yeah, that was a that was real, that was a real thing, and this has nothing to do. This is, I mean, I might get my terms mixed up, but this was this was this was intracommunal stuff. This was like oh, us doing this to us. You know yep. what I mean? You you're looking at you have both interracially colorism and interracially mm-hmm. colorism. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it to us and we're doing it to we're doing, doing it, it to us. Doing it to us too. So yeah, I mean internal and external. And yeah. so I think that the impact that it has on, on the communities, number one, Ooh. that I think that it causes a huge divide. Mm-hmm. And not only does it cause a huge divide, but I'd also venture to say that it contributed, it contributes to 
negative mental health effects because yes. you're looking at it it causing people to hate the skin that they're in. So that you're they're in, yeah. At, at self-hatred. You're looking at people hating their hair. Right. My hair is naturally curly and I'm a dark skin girl. Mm-hmm. And my cousins have, you know, wanted wanted to touch my hair and be like, you don't look like your hair's supposed to do that. You know, and they're saying that because I'm dark, but my hair is naturally curly. Mm-hmm. All of that contributes to it. And I think as parents that even as young children, when our children are younger, that we need to have the conversation with our children about colorism so that they grow up knowing that their skin is beautiful. Um, I love the song that, um, what's her name? Beyonce. India R.A. Oh. Be- yeah, India R.A. too. I am not my skin. I'm not my hair. I love uh-huh. that one. And I also oh, like you're brown, brown skin, skin girls. Girl. Yes. Yeah, I love brown skin girls. And I, I, I still get teary. Every time I listen to that yes. song, I get teary-eyed. I remember when it first dropped, and my, my granddaughter, she was four at the time. She's five now. But she would listen to it every morning. She would just be a brown skin girl. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really know what she's singing, but she does know that she has brown skin. And mm-hmm. so it opened the door for conversation. And not only that, but the fact that Lapita was named most beautiful. One year she was named most beautiful. And I thought that has that has never, and you know how dark Lapita's skin is. And mm-hmm. I, that's never happened. She, what did she win? People magazine named People her. Magazine, uh, yeah. Yes, People magazine named her most beautiful in I think it was 2014. They named her most beautiful. And I thought that was that was huge. And yeah. especially because when she when I had seen her speak on the stage before, and I don't know if she was accepting an award, but she talked about how when she was younger, how she wished her skin was lighter. But then right. now here she is earning the title of most beautiful in 2014. So we have made some progress, (laughs) some progress. We've made some progress, but I think that as parents that we do need to start talking to our kids about the beauty of our skin. And I think that as adults that we need to get to a place where we are giving ourselves permission to love the skin that we're in. Yeah. I mean, the skin that we're in is beautiful. It's just, that's and of course that's that's true of everyone right like mm-hmm. we're it's kind of like when we say black lives matter i'm not sitting here saying that and going that means if you're not black your life don't matter right. i'm not saying oh my skin my skin is beautiful that means yours isn't we've been conditioned to think that way because mm-hmm. we've been conditioned to think that to way to think that way that's absolutely. literally how white supremacy has trained us it's trained us to think this is what's beautiful. And so if you're not that, you're ugly. And what we've done to try and heal ourselves and reprogram ourselves is to tell ourselves the truth and tell ourselves over and over and over again. But then we get gaslit when we do that. And it's like, no, but all skin's beautiful. Like all lives matter. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know that. Like nobody's saying, like I'm talking about me because I've been constantly told the opposite. This ain't you about you it. right now. This, ain't this about isn't you. about you. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, I mean, this is something that I've had to do, do a lot of healing around. Again, because just family dynamics, mm-hmm. there were definitely some issues that arose for me as, as a child. And I was like, 
Lupita. Like, I was like, how come I couldn't be light-skinned like my mama? Do you still deal with that now, Natty? I, as far as the whole, why can't I be light-skinned? No, I have not dealt with that. I don't feel like, oh, I wish I was light-skinned anymore. What I have been doing is just the work of reprogramming. Like, no, Mm -hmm. you're gorgeous. You're beautiful just the way you are. Everything about you is beautiful. Your skin is beautiful. Your hair is beautiful. All of it. And like I said, I never really got, oh, your hair is ugly. That's just not what I was told. Because again, my hair was was more similar to my mom's. Um, Her hair was just, it was straighter, I guess. So that, but, but still there was that feeling of, yeah, but if only it could have been not so just straight, but with a little of that natural wave and all that kind of stuff that she had, you know, this, you know, because her on her side, the, the white ancestry is not that far removed. It's, it's my great grandfather. So her side of the family, it's, you know, I've got light skinned cousins who have blue eyes and all that stuff. And so, yeah, there was just a lot of, a lot of reprogramming that I've had to do. And I didn't really start doing it. I didn't really start acknowledging it and understanding how deep seated it was until I was in my thirties. And I didn't really start doing the work of reprogramming until I was in my forties, which is where I am now. So yeah, I don't ever think, oh man, I wish I was light skinned. I don't ever think that anymore. I think I stopped thinking that when I was a teenager. I stopped hating, you know, wishing my hair was a different, slightly different texture or, or, you know, longer. And it's been long before it's been mid the middle of my back before, but it, it was like, Oh, you know, you do all these things to your hair, it gets damaged because you're doing all these things to your hair to make it look a different way than what it is. And you end up, you know, your hair gets damaged and it's not, you know, you have to get it cut and all that stuff. But I, I stopped, you know, looking at my hair and going, man, I wish it could be different. I stopped doing that as an adult. I stopped wishing I was light skinned as a, you know, as a teenager, but I didn't start really fully reprogramming and really training myself to understand and really believe that I was truly beautiful until I was in my forties. And that's really something, isn't it? It's really something. No, because I'm in my forties now. (laughs) So it hasn't been, hasn't been long. That's like, you know, deep seated, like I said, deep, deep seated. Cause it wasn't even about, Oh, I wish I looked some so different. It was just, Oh, well, I don't know what it was. It was like, Oh, well you, there's still, a, you still believe that you're ugly though. And so, and the, it's interesting because this is sort of related, you know, we we're getting into this new realm. I think, you know, I just see it more online, you know, with people, women saying, you know, stop telling girls they're pretty, they don't have to be pretty and all that. And, and I totally get it. And I agree. You're not, you know, they're not special just because of something they have absolutely no control over. I get it. But I'm also like, you don't understand. I was, I was trained, conditioned in some instances, flat out told that I was not pretty over and over again through my, through my childhood. And now that I'm getting to a place where I feel, no, I am pretty. You're saying, Hey, it's not cool to call yourself pretty or don't call yourself pretty or that's, worthless or whatever i'm like what the hell is that like you know what i mean like, I don't know about all that i'm like what are you what are you telling like 
yes, affirm yourself, but don't affirm yourself with that though. I'm like, wait a minute. No. This is like centuries of, of conditioning yes, and I'm starting to do my own healing. And you're like, no, from. don't do that because it, it's, it, I, it just, it doesn't set right in my spirit. Again, I could be completely wrong. I'm not fully right in enlightened. I definitely would need to talk to more intersectional feminists and they can, and, and I'm, I'm totally open to being and educated maybe, on maybe this hear, and all of that. Their, hear their side. Of hear their side. Of but it. that doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't really well with vibe with me. <laughs> I feel like you, I think, I think it's important for you to affirm yourself. Even my grandchildren, let me tell y'all, those kids are never going to have a problem with self-esteem because I pour all the goodness on them. They will never have a problem with that. And I poured on them because I think it's important because I grew up thinking that I wasn't the most attractive person in the world because I was skinny. I mean, like super, super skinny. You know, like I would, and I didn't think I was pretty. You know, I always thought, you know, I would never get a boyfriend. And so I'm very careful about just like pouring affirmations over, over my grandchildren and telling them how beautiful they are and you know, all the things. I think that's important. You can't, I don't think you can strip people of that because affirmations are important. This is the skin skin that we're in. And we, we have to get to a place where we are, we're good with that. We have to give ourselves permission to love the skin that we're in. And I'm not going to do any bleaching. And I know some in other countries, people people are doing things of that sort. But no, I can't get down with that. Yeah, I um, that's just not where I'm at in my in my personal journey. And I just yes, I'm definitely of the of of the of the mindset of I gotta remember and and affirm that I'm. I'm brilliant and I'm, I'm capable and I'm worthy of things and I'm, I'm resilient and I know how to pick myself back up and I'm not, and I don't quit. All that stuff is, is definitely, and I, and I stand up for myself. All that stuff is important. Yeah. It's the affirming and the standing mm-hmm. up for yourself. I think it's a part of the unlearning and the retraining. It's all a part of you. Can, I, yeah. I don't think you can, I don't think you can unlearn or retrain without the affirming. Right. And I think that's for us, especially as dark skinned black women, the affirming of our beauty. For me, that's important because we've been, we've been told the opposite for so long. For so long. We, we, I mean, we truly have, we've been told the opposite for so long. So yeah, I'm not going to just, I ain't doing that anyway. So I'm going to, but like I said, I'm I'm totally open. (laughs) Totally. Me too. But I'm I'm totally open to hear other perspectives. But no, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna continue to I'm gonna continue to right now it myself. ain't sitting right in my spirit. It ain't sitting <laughs> right in my spirit. I'm gonna continue to affirm my children, and I'm going to continue to encourage mm-hmm. our listeners to affirm themselves because I think that's mm-hmm. where the unlearning happens in affirming ourselves. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, y'all, yeah. we about to get ready to get out of here. Me and Ed just be talking. It didn't even feel like we talked that long. That's so weird. But this red light is flashing at me, so we did. <laughs> but yeah, oh. um, so yeah. Um, it's like, okay, girl, wrap it up. Yeah, it's like, wrap it up. 
But yeah, so I <laughs> the red dot is telling you that. Not me. It's, yeah, that's what it's saying. It's like wrap it up, girl. Y'all been talking for a long time. But this, I think, this is a very serious. It's, it's a very t- touchy subject, and I I think it's a very important topic because I do believe with everything in me that colorism are and skin color discrimination foster self hatred, and so right. again, that's why it's so. I think affirming. Is so important to the unlearning and and the retraining. So, yeah, for our listeners, if somebody is out there is struggling with the color of your skin, whether it be lighter skin or darker skin, give yourself permission to love the skin you're in. And that, for me, I think starts with affirming the beauty that is you. So now you got any closing remarks, darling? Yeah, I just want us to get to, hopefully, we can get to a point where we we just fully understand how great we really are, how wonderful we really are. Not that we get to a point where we have to stop affirming ourselves. I think affirming ourselves is great just in general. But like you're saying, you know, get to where you love the skin that you're in. I want us to really know that our skin is not a problem. It is not a problem. It's just not a problem. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's gorgeous. It's all of, like you say, Shirley, it's all the things. It's all like, the things. We should, we should know that. We should know and believe that. Absolutely. And I know, I know right now, dark skin is, is trending. Black people right. are trending. But honey, your skin was beautiful before it started trending. It was That's right. beautiful when you were birthed into this world. That's and right. so, yeah. Give yourself permission to love the skin you're in. And I'm going to go ahead and put a little plug in here for Natty <laughs> for her <laughs> class that's coming up Saturday because, because you mentioned that there was a part that was the second part was about self-portraits. Yep. And, I mean, just, just the conversation that, that we're having and we're talking about unlearning and, and affirming and what else we talk about, but, um, I'm learning and affirming. <laughs> yeah, y'all know how my mind do. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. But I think that self-portrait class would be excellent for this. I, I well, yeah. I've never attended it, but just listening to you talk about what's going to happen in it, I feel like it would be perfect for that. So that's exactly this kind of stuff is exactly what I'll be talking about. Yeah, so, I'm just gonna put a um, plug yeah. right there. So yeah, I'm gonna leave the link. I'm definitely gonna leave. I, I think I put the link in the last last week's show notes too. But it'll be it will definitely be in this week's show notes. So if you're struggling with that, I am encouraging you to hop over to Natty's class that's coming up on August 22nd. I think you will be blessed by being in attendance. And again, as she stated, you don't have to take all three of them. You can take one. You, don't. you can take you can two. take just one. Um, mm-hmm. If you decide to take all three, then there's, there's special pricing for the bundle. So, yeah, I just wanted to put mm-hmm. that out there for y'all because it just sounds like this is just what you need. Yeah. And if you have any questions, um, you can... You can find me on Instagram and you can send me a DM. I've actually really, really thoroughly enjoyed connecting with people that way. Yeah. And so again, I'll leave, I also leave the link to her Instagram in the show notes as well. So y'all can connect with her and um, get in this class, girl, get you some healing. Cause y'all know this is what this season is about. Let's get this healing. That's right. All right. We're going to get out of here. Y'all. We will be back on Friday with our black from the past episode. And yeah, that's it. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, Shades of Strong Everywhere, website, www.shadesofstrong.com. Email, hi, 
at shadesofstrong.com. All right, queens, sis, queendom, all of that. We out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>